Welcome to Agree to Disagree on BIC Radio at Ithaca College. On this show, we will debate all things sports, and sometimes we'll agree, and other times we won't. My name is Noah Schwartz, and I'm here alongside Jack Asello, Dean Gutick, and Aiden Chard. Now let's get this show on the road. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Agree to Disagree live in studio here on VIC Radio. I am your host, Noah Schwartz, alongside my three co-hosts, Aiden Chard, Jack Asello, and Dean Gutick. Dean's here for the first time in studio since 2020 in March, and the rest of us are here for the first time since last semester. So, guys, welcome back to the studio, and welcome back another semester, our fourth of Agree to Disagree. I got two words for you. I'm back, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yes, this just finally feels right. The four stars are back together. It's it's good to be back in the studio. It's good to feel back with all four of us. It wasn't the same last year. Uh, online sometimes, in studio with just three people. Doesn't doesn't feel right. It's, it's, this it, does. It's been almost like two years in the making. It's been a long time since obviously the coronavirus pandemic, but it feels great to be back in the studio with you boys. It didn't feel right on Zoom, but now it feels right in person. Heck yeah, it does. It does. So... Before we even begin, make sure you follow us on our social medias. We're on Instagram and we're on Twitter, Agree to Disagree. Uh, we can, you can follow us on Spotify. You can follow us on YouTube. So we're on various platforms for you all. And uh, we have a lot to get to today. We've got week one of the NFL. We'll discuss Thursday night's game between Tampa and Dallas. We'll talk some baseball, uh, some big news in the college sports world with the Big 12. So let's kick it off with Thursday night's primetime battle between the champion, reigning champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Dallas. The game was pretty much decided on the last drive on what was, a re- I would say, a really controversial no-call on an offensive pass interference, potentially by Chris Godwin. I know you're excited to talk about this. I can't Noah. wait to talk about this. Yeah. What did you guys think of the no-call? Was it a push-off or was it not? Oh, wow. I'm starting off. It's been a long time. Okay. <laughs> this is a great feeling right now. Um, now, here's the thing. A lot of you guys may not agree with this. Well, the show is called Agree to Disagree, so, I mean, we disagree more than we agree. But anyways, um, now here's the thing. I would have called offensive pass interference. I did think it was offensive pass interference. However, I was actually not mad that they did not call it. Um, And no, it does not have anything to do with the team that they were playing. It's not anything to do with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I looked at the call. I did think, uh, in, in a way, that Jordan Lewis, I think it was Jordan Lewis, yep. did yeah. sell it a little bit, just watching it time and time and time and time again. I thought, all right. I mean, I, I did think that guy when pushed off, but at the same time, I do think Lewis kind of sold it. But, I mean, it's one of those. For me, it was like, if you didn't call it, I'm fine with that. If you did call it, I'm also fine with that. So, to me, it was a bang-bang call right there, and... um I guess refs decide to let him play late on in the game, but you got to make calls when it matters. I personally feel I, I definitely do think it was a push-off. Uh, I saw it live and started shouting. Uh, all of my all of my roommates watching it with me were like, no, that's definitely not a push-off. And then we watched the replays and we were like, oh, wait, yeah, that's definitely, that is 100% a push-off. And it was. Like, looking back at it, I, I, I've, I've watched that play a couple times. That is a full two-arm extension by Godwin to push off. However, that being said, it's it's Tom Brady throwing the ball. Do we really think anything would have changed? No. They ended up getting an easy field goal. That pass just kind of made it, you know, close enough to kick a chip shot. If they didn't make that, they still have plenty of time to get up the field, get out of bounds, kick a field goal. It would have been hard. It would have been a little bit more of a challenge, and Suckup might have missed it. But I... 
still find it hard to believe that the Cowboys would have won that game, even if that play had been called. There were other things that went into that, and we'll get into that later. Uh, but no, what do you think? Yeah, I thought it was one of the most egregious no calls we've seen in years. Seriously. I mean, this was really bad. I mean, you could watch it live. You could watch it on replay. It doesn't matter. There is a clear extension. This is a back shoulder throw. So this is a difficult throw. It's a difficult turn by Godwin. So I get that the play is not an easy one to connect on. But at the same time, as he turns, he completely extends his left arm and just pushes Jordan Lewis over. And you mentioned, Dean, maybe a little bit of a sell. But the rules state that you can't do that as a wide receiver. And just as the rules so often now that we see geared towards the offense where the corner holds somebody or he pushes off and they call it on the defensive pass interference, we have to give some of that same respect to the defensive players and allow them oh, for sure. to, you know, if, if they get contact, they can sell it too because it was there, it was obvious, and Tom Brady wins another game on a, yet a stolen call. Well, here's the thing, though, Noah, and I do agree with your point. Um, the game now is more offensive. It isn't. There's, the defense doesn't get much of a chance now, which is unfortunate if you're a defensive player, especially like Lewis. In that instant, you know, you think, oh, I got pushed off. This is OPI. But the game now lean more towards the offense. It doesn't give the defense much of a chance anymore. So it, it's just really unfortunate, especially if you're Jordan Lewis in that situation right there. But besides that, there were a lot of factors, like you said, Aiden, that went into this game and that happened during the game that could have maybe changed the outcome, but... Uh, at the end of the day, the right team won, and that's what—that's my personal opinion. See, I don't think so. I don't think the right team won. I'm going to disagree with Noah on one point. It's definitely not the worst call made in history. I base off bad calls mainly. Obviously, sometimes they miss calls, but I like it more so. How do the how do refs call it throughout the whole game? Like when I look back at like a absolutely terrible call. I know this is going to make Aiden cry, like the, the pass interference in that conference championship game with the, the Saints, that could have been one of the worst calls. And one of the, one of the calls in last year's NFC championship game between the Bucks and Packers at the end of the game where they called P.I. when they weren't calling it the whole game. When they do something like that, that's when I think it's outrageous. When you're calling it one way the entire game and then change it at the last minute for no reason. There, there really wasn't much offensive pass interference, so they didn't really judge how they were going to call it that night. So sometimes some refs let them play. Some call it. So I'm not going to stress over that. Do I think it was a push-off? Yes. But it's understandable why the ref wouldn't want to call it. it. And like Aiden said before, I agree with him. They still had about 45 seconds before that that play went up. You saw at the end, Brady was trying to burn clock. He was just throwing it out of bounds because they had so they yeah. got there so quickly. Well, here, just to give with all those weapons, I don't find I don't believe there's no there's no doubt in my mind. Tom Brady was going to find a way exactly. to get it there anyway. I I agree with that. Just to give a context though, this would have been I think a third and twenty if you backed it up ten yards on an offensive pass interference, and there's only I think it was twenty four seconds left. I think it was by the time uh, what, that this where, play what ended. What yardage would they have been at? Where would they have been on the field? They would have been. Not that even on been, field that would have been that would have been around the forty-five, right? They, the, yeah, they would have backed it up. So two, it two five, five yards before right. the fifty. So they would have been okay. not even at midfield yet, and there's only twenty-four seconds. They don't have a timeout. Remember, they had to use it on that previous, um, yeah, on the uh, false start. start. Yeah, so they wouldn't have had a timeout. It's third and ten. Can Brady make something magical happen? Absolutely, we've seen it before. But the odds are not in their favor in that situation. Oh, definitely not. But again, this is Tom Brady we're talking about. Like. I hate Tom Brady from the deepest part of my heart, and I will still give it to him that in to. that situation, 24 seconds, There's nobody you, need, you need a 15-yard pass at least, uh, a 20-yard pass to get the first. Tom Brady's the guy you want throwing that ball nine times out of ten. And 
you know, that's just that's that's a credit to him. But but can we talk a bit about you know the rest of the game that yeah that call. You know, there are sometimes, I think, the the two that you mentioned, Jack, another thing about egregious calls is that they clearly and obviously uh, blew the game for one team. This, because Tom Brady was there and because there was enough time left, I don't think it would have ended the game. Those two calls that you mentioned both did end the game for one team, effectively. So there was the rest of the game. The Cowboys offensively and, honestly, defensively played way better. Yeah, they than the, than the Bucks. They had four turnovers. The Bucks offense. The, this is an offense that was, you know, not turnover free last year, but they were not sloppy like that. And then the Bucks defense. For all the talk about their defense in the offseason, where were their cornerbacks all game? Who is the Who is the guy that's supposed to be covering Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb? Who are either of them? I don't. I don't know. I don't care because neither of them decided to show up the entire game. And the Cowboys still lost because they couldn't capitalize on the red zone opportunities. Cooper was a machine. Cooper was insane. Well, first of all, I just want to say that I'm glad that Dak Prescott played really well that night. You know, after a long year of, you know, breaking his leg against the Giants and, um, you know, him not playing last year, missing a lot of that year. I'm really happy to see him come back and throw 400 yards that game. Um, I was more impressed by the Cowboys defense. I mean, correct me if I'm mistaken, four turnovers. Yeah, uh, especially for uh, one a pick, a three, pick and three, really, because the last one was at the end, at the half. A pick and three fumbles, though. Yeah, and realistically, right. the, there's two picks. The pick wasn't Brady's fault. He threw it right to Fournette's hands. It just popped out. Yeah. I, I, I mean, first of all, before the half, I thought he was going to return that. Like, I thought he had at least had a chance to return that to end the half, which would have been great. But, so, that's, so that's what I'm saying. It was um, only three turnovers. Three, that ter- one you three can't turnovers, really but on that Brady. one had, had a chance. But, you know, the Cowboys' defense looked very good. Um, I thought they were a Big 12 defense during the game, heading into the game, but they weren't. Uh, Dak looked amazing. Cooper looked amazing. Um, Jamal Dean and, uh, well, even though he did get hurt, Murphy bunting. and all. Well, the loss of Murphy bunting, I do think, affected the Buccaneers when he did go right, down. That was, that, that's but, the corner I was trying to think of. <laughs> but I do. Th- but props to Dak Prescott, and it's glad to, I'm glad to see him back and playing this great. You guys know I'm not a big Prescott guy. I thought it was the best game he's ever played. Oh, I did. I agree. I agree. Especially, especially circumstances. and considering the defense, you know, the the fact that last season's best scoring defense was the Bucks. You know, the top pick for the best defense of this year is going to be the Bucks by basically everybody. So to go against that after a year away, and considering he had no help from his running game, Ezekiel Elliott was true, invisible. Awful. Although I was watching a thing this morning, his blocking was fantastic. His pass blocking, he 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 put up some good blocks. It's gonna get worse. They say goodbye but, to Lael. Yeah, yeah. L. Collins now yeah. suspended five games, by the way. And Michael Gallup, the number three receiver, is gonna be out a month. Yeah, I do want to yeah. mention one thing though about the Cowboys. We were talking about, like Dean said, how they were supposed to be a Big Twelve defense. I want to give a lot of credit to Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, he he, for, the former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, his time there. It's judge. It's it depends on who you ask. They'll say whether his time is good or not. He made it to a Super Bowl. Obviously, they blew the biggest lead in Super Bowl history. But he did have a couple of good seasons there. He is a smart defensive defensive guy. He does have an eye for some talent. He was defensive coordinator for the Legion of Boom, one of the greatest defenses of all time. So it's not. It doesn't surprise me that he's finding a way to make this Dallas defense fight and really compete in games. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. I I was impressed with him as well, and, and obviously Prescott and and Brady. Look at forty four. He's still dominating. He's still one of the elite quarterbacks. So yada, yada, yada. Year 22. Here we go. Uh, Let's move on to week one. There's a lot of other stuff going on. There's 
14 games tomorrow and a game Monday. Uh, 15. Oh, yeah, sorry. 14 games tomorrow. Yeah, 14 games tomorrow, game Monday. But we're going to go through our playoff prediction. So let's go through each division. We can kind of break all the teams down uh, if we want to do that. And everybody will pick their seven playoff teams. We'll pick our Super Bowl winner, and we'll go from there. Are we going to go by uh, division or by seed? Let's go by division. I think it's a little bit easier. So let's start with – we'll start in the NFC. The NFC East, this is probably the worst division in the league. Last year it was. (laughs) Uh, we already seen one result from there, obviously, with Cowboys losing. So who you guys got in that division? We can break it down for a minute or two. Uh, I'll start. For me, the NFC least, it's kind of interesting. It's really it's really turning over. For the last like three or four years, the division's been all about the Cowboys and Eagles. But now when you look at this division, the top two teams are probably the Giants and Washington. And I'm going to go with the Giants to win this division. When I look at the Giants' whole roster, I think they easily have the most talent on both sides of the ball. They went out and they got a lot of moves on offense. They went out and they signed Kenny Galladay to a big contract. They also drafted Kadarius Toney. They brought in Kyle Rudolph. Barkley's going to come back. They have a very solid group on offense. The biggest question mark is the quarterback, Daniel Jones. So if he can take that leap and be the quarterback that Gettleman believes he he is, then this team has no excuses not to make the playoffs, especially with their solid defense with a good mix of young and veteran talent. I'm going to go with Washington football team. Uh, I think they got the momentum winning the division last year. They have, to be honest, probably the most hope coming into this year. The Eagles, the Eagles and Cowboys both are getting, you know, possible franchise quarterbacks back for the Cowboys or starting for the Eagles. Um, but I, I think just the, the football team is in the best situation right now to actually, you know, do something and to make a splash. Their defense was amazing last year. I think it's going to be just as good, if not better, this year. And now that I think they're going to be in a more solid quarterback situation for the entire season, uh, hopefully at least, we should be able to see what's going on there. And I think the receivers are a massive upgrade. Yeah, although Curtis Samuel out for, what was it, a month? Yeah, about three, four weeks. Three, four weeks, yeah. So that's unfortunate, but I I think they're a much better situation. I'm going to pick Washington as well. And Fitz just, look, he's a journeyman. We know he'll throw his fair share of interceptions, but he gives them stability. It's not Taylor Heineke coming out and playing a playoff game for them. Heineke, so, Heineke has looked good, did look good in the preseason. Though. But I, I just think you got a guy who can give you 17 starts over the course of the year and help you out. Would you please just stop disrespecting <laughs> Taylor Heineke? Yeah. I will you not. You can't disrespect that legend. No, no, no. I but I think not, I think his point. I think no. his point is that you you can't win games when you don't know who's starting the next week. Oh no, I do agree with that. Um, I will agree with uh, you, Noah and Aiden. I will go with the Washington football team. Uh, their defense is going to be better than. I think last year, well, first of all, them drafting Jameen Davis in the first one I thought was a great pick. I think that's going to help their linebacker core. Uh, their secondary is going to get better. Their receiving core is a massive upgrade. Not only do they have Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys as a number three guy, is, I think is a very solid acquisition. The running game is going to be strong with Gibson. I'm a big Antonio Gibson guy. The question, obviously, is going to be quarterback play. Uh, same thing. Um, well, same thing with your pick, the Giants. That's another. The quarterback play there is going to be a question. But... Um, I, I have a good feeling about Fitzpatrick this year. I think there's a little Fitz magic left in him in Washington, D.C. And if not, Taylor Heineke's going to take over. Yep. Fitzpatrick only lasts 16 weeks. I would know. <laughs> oh, yeah. As Jeff fans, we would know. So I will not be surprised when I am correct and these three are wrong. All right. Hey, NFC North. Right. Let's right. do that. Uh, I think this one's pretty simple. I mean, Detroit's going to be terrible. Chicago, they have I, three quarterbacks. Who knows who's going to play each week? It's pretty much Green Bay's division to lose, right? Look, I'm I'm very high on Detroit for this year. I like Dan Campbell. Maybe that's a little bit of bias coming from the Saints. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. I do have the Packers. 
because um, I think that's the obvious pick. But I do think in a couple years, Lions could be could be interesting to watch. Yeah, just like you, I'm going to go with the Packers. And you look at this division, there's one name that always stands out, and that is the great Aaron Rodgers. He's back. He's unhappy, but he's back. And he's going to, when he's on the field, you know, he's all about business and he's going to do what he does. He's going to go out there and play well. The Packers will go back to the playoffs. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions because they're going to bite your kneecaps. And, Ooh, no, I'm just kidding. Stop stop um, I'm just kidding. Darn, I um, thought he was being serious for hey, I had to add some spice to this show. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. This is not up for da- debate. As long as Aaron Rodgers is in that yeah. division, as long as he breathes air in the NFC North, they're going to win the division. Yeah, we didn't even mention Minnesota. I mean, they're they're better than they're going to be last year. I think. Minnesota. <laughs> well, look, they do have talent. I mean, the receiving core is excellent, um, but I just I don't trust Kirk Cousins in big games. Yeah. And to beat Aaron Rodgers is a tall task. NFC South, are we all going Tampa? Do we even have I'm to discuss not. that? I'm I'm sticking with my Saints. Look, I think I think there's okay. way too much. I think there's way too much hype for the Bucks. Everybody was saying, "Oh, the Bucks are going to win the division so easily last year." Saints blew them out in two regular season games. Lost in the postseason. That's another story. But the Saints were the better team in the regular season last year. I still think the Saints are the better team. Aiden, you know I love you. You know I like rooting for, You know I like the Saints out of any team in that division. But you're crazy who, right now. All right, who who are, who are you taking right now? In that division, uh, Leonard Fournette or Alvin Kamara? I'm taking Alvin Kamara. All but right, who you are you at, taking? I'm taking who, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Evans, Chris Godwin, and Evans, Chris Godwin, and Brown, Rob Gronkowski, and Rob Gronkowski. I, I take Taysom Hill over Gronk. Have. I take Taysom Hill over Gronk. Okay. I take I take Lattimore, Trufant. And Roby over Murphy Bunting and whoever Jamel they Dean. else got back there. I'd take Demario Davis over uh, whoever their linebacker is. Bush? Devin, no. Um, Devin White? Maybe Devin the White. best linebacker yes, in all of football. All right. uh, Demario Davis, Davis, Demario Davis is the better. We, we, got, we, got the de- we got the whole defense on them. Player to player matchup, Saints have a better defense. Quarterback, Tom Brady's a better leader. James Winston's a better arm. And I will stand by right, that I'm the, statement. I'm the biggest Jameis fan you'll find, but that's crazy. Yeah. And, and NFC West. I, ho- I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Let me get that across. I hope you're right. You are all in for a rude awakening. Aiden, Mark I my do, words. Listen, I do think Jameis Winston's going to be better in New Orleans than he was in with Tampa Bay. So I do agree with you with that. And I'm going to have to agree to disagree with you on this one. I'm going to go <laughs> with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can't blame you, but you're all you're all going to have something coming for you. All right. In the West, this one's probably the hardest to pick. I think there are four playoff caliber teams here with. The Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, and Seahawks. San Francisco gets all their guys back after what was just a miserable year due to injury last year. I mean, they lost Garoppolo. They lost Nick Bosa. It was just endless with the injuries. The Rams get a new quarterback, Hall of, potential Hall of Famer Matt Stafford. Definite Hall of Famer. The Cardinals yeah. are getting a bunch of new pieces. They get A.J. Green, probably the most famous among them. And uh, J.J. Watt as well. I was going to say, hold up. And then Seattle, they did some stuff too. Gabe Jackson on the offensive line, Gerald Everett at tight end. So they, they made some moves as well. I think all these teams are better than they were last year, but picking a division winner to me is really difficult. Who's your pick? I'm going with the Rams because I'm a big Stafford guy. Now, I don't know how they're going to run the ball without my man Cam Akers out of Florida State. Yeah, they but, got Sony Michelle though. <laughs> but I, I like Stafford, and their defense is excellent, so I would I go with the Rams. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Noah here. I'm going to go with the L.A. Rams. Matt Stafford is there. He's hungry. He's never. This is the best team he's ever going to play on. I think, to be honest, I think he's not. He's going to be a dark horse. He's not going to win it. I think he'll be a dark horse MVP contender. I think he's going to have that good of a season. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and they also signed Deshaun Jackson. They have some young receivers there. They have a one-two punch, Henderson and Sony Michelle. Their defense is one of the top units 
in the NFL, led by Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So it's going to be yeah. really interesting to see. I think they're easily the best team. And I think out of any team that could challenge the Bucks in the NFC, it's going to be the L.A. Rams. I'm going to also go with the L.A. Rams. Um, even though they do, did lose Brandon Staley, their defensive coordinator, who was amazing, they still got great peace. They even have Leonard Floyd, who's an underrated pass rusher. Um, I do think Sony Michel is going to find more success on the Rams than he did on the Patriots, so I do like Sony in L.A. I'm happy for Stafford that he finally gets to play for a great team. The O-line's great. The receiving core is great. Tyler Higby's got a lot of potential as a tight end. I like Tyler Higby a lot. Um, I'm going to go with the Rams. I am also going to go with the Rams. Oh, I was shocked by that. I thought we'd all have different Interesting that, yeah, I, I did take the Cardinals last year, and I could see the Cardinals making a splash because I think Kyler Murray is an MVP caliber quarterback. Um, but I don't think he beats out Matt Stafford head-to-head. Matt Stafford is by far the better quarterback. Sean McVay is a great coach. So I, I, I'm excited to see the Rams. A lot of Russell Wilson hate in this yeah. room right I, now. I have, I have Dean, nothing against Dean, Russell Dean Wilson. Has a, Dean has a bold prediction for us. Even even though I do think the Rams win the division, uh, I'm going to little leak this out a little bit. I think every team in the NFC West makes the playoffs. My wow. My, I, I think my, the Cardinals make the playoffs. The Niners, the Seahawks. I think they're all. I think even though scheduling does become a factor, if you look on paper and it just even though games are not won on paper, obviously, no, yeah, the I, teams in that division are better than teams like the Vikings, the Cowboys, the, no offense, Aiden, the Saints. Um, you know, the NFC West is better than any other team in the NFC. I, I do agree. I think the NFC West is very good. I think I can definitely, I think Russell Wilson is going to ball out, and I think he'll be in the MVP conversation at least for the first eight weeks. Um, Agreed. But I see the Seahawks missing the missing the playoffs because I don't think their defense has what it takes to stop the explosive offenses in the league. All right, so let, let's take our wild but, card picks and then we'll take a quick okay. break and go to the and go to the AFC. So Aiden, you go first right. and give me your wild card. My cards. wild card picks, so I, I have the my order of the division winners, I got Rams at the one seed, Saints at the two seed, Packers at the three seed, football team at the four seed. I do think the Saints and Packers is just going to be decided by their head to head matchup. I have the Saints winning, of course. That's tomorrow. Yep. Um but they're going to have the same record. I think the Rams are going to be very, very good. Uh, my my wild card, I got the five seed being the Cardinals, the six seed being the 49ers, and the seven seed being the Buccaneers. I, again, want to stress, I do think the Bucs are going to be good. I think all three of these uh, wild card teams are going to have 12 wins or 11 wins. I could definitely see it happening. Yeah, I'll go quick with your mind for, for seeds. At the one seed, I'm going to go with Tampa. Two, I'm going to go with the Rams. Three, I'm going to go with the Packers. Four, I'm going to go with the Giants. For wild card teams, I like obviously Seattle with Russell Wilson. I think San Francisco has a is is obviously one of the better defenses if they can stay healthy. And this may surprise you guys for my last wild card spot. I'm gonna go with Chicago. I really I think they could be good. I think they may struggle a little bit early in the year, but then Noah's boy Justin Fields is gonna come in and I think he's gonna do really well. So when do you think Justin Fields gets on the field then? Before week no later than week five. Wow, I'm shocked by that. All right, Field, uh, Fields will be playing. Fields will 100 percent. No be playing later than week season. five. All all five, uh, five, four. All four of those quarterbacks are going to be playing by week eight. Four is it four or five? No, five, no. five quarterbacks. Five, five first round quarterbacks this year. Five, yes. All five of them are going to be playing by week eight. Wow, that's a bold prediction. I like that. Dean, who are your wild cards? I, I said uh, the whole NFC West makes the playoffs. Oh, right. Yes. So for me, I'll go quickly. Um, I think the Saints are going to make it. I know Aiden was the only one that picked Woo! them so far. I think they're going to sneak in as a wild card. And then I've got Seattle and San Francisco. I think That's three NFC, NFC West teams get in. And also, uh, just, just quickly about those rookie quarterbacks, I mean, three of them are already starting. 
Jones, Lawrence, and uh, Zach Wilson. And then I, I, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo lasts very long there. I think Trey Lance takes him over quickly. Oh, I disagree with that. I think Garoppolo is definitely and then I think he's Fields, keep the job this year. As soon as as soon as Andy Dalton loses a game, which will be immediately, Fields will go in. All right. Anything else before we take a quick minute break or so? No, I think we're going to do the AFC and then we'll do some award predictions after that as well. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Sounds a quick good. break. We'll be back with you in just a minute. Missed that last song? Want to check out our music blog? Well, then log on to www.vicradio.org. See our daily schedule, take a look at our wide selection of specialty programming, and learn more about our annual 50-hour marathon. That's vicradio.org, your online home for the best of what's next. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Welcome back. Agree to disagree. Our first episode of the fall 2021 semester. Noah Schwartz, Aiden Char, Dean Gutick, and Jack Asello here. Yeah. We'll be on VIC every single weekend on Saturday mornings. Let's do our AFC playoff predictions. We'll start with the AFC East, the division where three of us have teams that we root for with the Jets and Bills. And Dean, I'll let you go first and pick your division winner. <clears throat> Sorry. I wonder who this is going to be. <laughs> the only New York team, the Buffalo Bills. Um, I'm 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 really excited to watch Buffalo Bills football this year. That's all you got to know. Um, I think the, the New York Guardians. I think the oh of all that too, of course. Okay, thank you. But um, you know, I think the defense is going to be better this year than last year. I love the additions of Gregory Russo and Boogie Basham. Um, I wish they didn't cut Jacob Hollister as a tight end, but I do think Dawson Knox will be better this year. Um, I, I like the Bills this year, and I think Josh Allen may have himself another MVP year. I'm not saying he's going to win MVP, but I do think he's definitely going to be in the running again. I am going to agree with you. I think Bills, and I don't think it's going to be close. Okay, you guys are crazy. You know it's all about the J-E-T-S. No, I'm just kidding. That Not yet. That Probably never again. Give it another, but, like, decade or ten. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, like, another 20 years. Maybe by the time I'm 50, they'll be ready to compete for a playoff spot. Who knows? But I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to go with Buffalo. Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks in the game. He will lead them back to the playoffs, unfortunately. Yeah, this division's going to be strong. I think we have three playoff caliber teams, but Buffalo's going to win the division. AFC North. This one's fun. Wait, Baltimore think- lost... Uh, Two guys in yeah. the last three days, two, plus a two couple guys, of the running backs. Two guys in back-to-back plays. Uh, Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters both went down with season-ending ACLs in back-to-back plays in practice. And this is after they lost Justice Hill, another and, running back, and, and Jake, their star, J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins. So that was a real shame to see that. So Baltimore goes into the season with a lot of question marks. But also, and so do the rest of this division. Baltimore goes into the season with four players that have rushed for 1,000 yards in a season. That's insane. Yeah, but they're all like they're almost all, 30. Three of them are washed up, but it's still insane. And Tyson Williams. <laughs> and Tyson Williams, who could who could be interesting to watch this year. I don't think all quickly before we get into it, I don't think all three of those running backs uh like play more than two games. I think one of Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, or Latavius Murray, one of the three of them is getting cut. I would have to put my money on Freeman. I would yeah, also put my money Freeman. in. I, th- I think Murray's probably the best running back they have at this point. Yeah, yeah, probably. I think Bell will probably be used as a third down back, and Murray will be the every down back. Yeah. For my for my pick, I feel like I was going to pick the Ravens until about three days ago. I now have to pick the Browns. I don't believe in the Steelers right now. They 
decided to punt on a on a rebuild by going for a running back instead of getting a quarterback. Um, I don't really think they improved their offense at all this offseason. Um, you know, Harris is going to be good. He's not going to be, you know, season-changing. Uh, definitely not this year. He's, yeah. The offensive so line is Browns. awful. It's Browns. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Browns easy for me. Yeah. Yeah, That's... I 100% agree with Aiden. I 100% agree with Aiden on the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost, and what just like just like what Noah said, they lost three Pro Bowlers on the offensive line, Villanueva, Pouncey, and DeCastro. They're all gone. Big Ben's arm is shot. We saw it at the end of last year. He couldn't even th- he, we couldn't run the ball, and he was struggling to throw down the field. He can't throw 45 times a game. And I think it's going to be hard to run the ball when the offensive line isn't great. I know their defense is electric, but I don't trust their offense whatsoever. I'm going to go with Cleveland just because of Baltimore, all the injuries Baltimore has piled up. Um. I was going to pick the Ravens 2-8 until LJ Fort, Rashad Bateman, their whole run game. The, the whole, Almost the whole Ravens team is on the injured reserve right now. I'm going to go with, for the first time in, I can't believe I'm saying this, in a long time, the Cleveland Browns win the division. I never thought I'd ever say that in quite a while. But I don't trust Steelers. Like you guys said, they, lo- uh, they lost a good portion of their O-line. Big Ben's not the same. They didn't do anything to upgrade their offense. I mean, yeah, Najee's great, but... Um, you can't run if your O line's not good, and we saw, you know, and and the only teams that a run game truly benefits are good teams. Yeah, I mean their defense is good, but they didn't do much either to improve their defense. Yeah. This is a Steelers team that not only got worse, but they practically stay the same, and you don't get better if you stay the same. No, they're just a year older, and the Browns aren't. I mean, the Browns are younger. They're more they're more explosive. They're more athletic. They've got two star running backs. They've got two star receivers. They're just a loaded team. The they're defense very, is great. They're very well balanced, and their defense is improving. They got JOK in the draft. Yep, this um, is the time to win. I think if you're Cleveland to to really compete for a Super Bowl, because the minute you pay Baker Mayfield, which is going to be probably coming after this season, it has all to. all of a sudden the roster gets a lot worse, and you don't have the same depth. Now they've got all the pieces in place. They've got a cheaper quarterback who's not yep. making a lot of money. Now is the time for the Browns to to really compete for a Super Bowl. I think this could be their year. I mean, Kansas City's still obviously great, but they might be the second best team in the entire conference. Ooh. They that is be. a that is a that is a bold prediction. It could happen, but it the could end. happen. Very I can see prediction. it. I can see it. I don't agree with it. Let's talk AFC South. Who you guys got? Tennessee or the Colts? Because <laughs> I'm <laughs> hey, going to hey. eliminate the other two. Hey, uh, I guess Gardner Minshew's not on the Jags anymore, so no no chance Jacksonville wins. The Saints are going to be the best team playing in Jacksonville this season. <laughs> um, but no, I I I have the Titans. I do think it's going to be a close race. Um, Colts defense way better. Titans offense way better. What I think it's going to come down to is Carson Wentz is very injury prone. He has bones made of glass. I don't think he plays the whole season. Titans offense takes it. Man, uh, I love it. This is going to be even more corny. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. <laughs> it's Tyrod Taylor season. Oh, Stop it, James. <laughs> Make your prediction. I mean, come, Tyrod no, Taylor. Hey. Tyrod Taylor hey. was was the first quarterback to lead the Bills to the playoffs in. 20 17, years? 17, 17, years. 17 years. 17 years. That's why I said that. So um, you never know. In all seriousness, though, I do have the Titans. I was going to pick the Colts, but when the Titans did get Julio, I did think the Titans' offense did get better. Now, teams are going to definitely respect the uh, Titans' run game more, cause, obviously because they got the best running back in the world. But now, that'll open up a lot more for the pass game. Before I give my predictions, let's not forget that Tyrod Taylor is a Super Bowl champion. So you all have to remember that. Technically, I see yes. what the, I see where Deed's going with it. He is a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> 20, 2011, right? Yeah, 2012. 2012. 2012, no, I see. Get the facts. All right, anyway, I'm going to go. I like both the Titans and the Colts for the division. I'm going to go with the Titans. Ryan Tanhill's back. Derrick Henry's back. A.J. Brown is back. They brought in a stud in Julio Jones. So 
they're going to have teams are going to have to stack the box to stop Henry. Ryan Tannehill is going to get a lot of play action opportunities to throw downfield to two of the best receivers in the game right now. So I'm going to go with Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill. Just like I said with Stafford, to a lesser extent, could be like a could be he's he's like in the far out MVP conversation because I think he's going to have a very nice season. He's going to get to t- throw downfield a lot this year. All right, so I guess I'll be the only one that picks the Colts. All right, uh, I think Indianapolis has the one of the most balanced rosters in all the league. They just added uh, signed Naheem Hines yesterday to a three-year extension, so I they get that. even That's better nice. long-term yeah, in the run game. That was a good signing. I'm a big Jonathan Taylor fan. I'm a big Michael Pittman fan. You know how I feel about Carson Wentz. I'm a believer in Carson. And their defense last year under Matt Eberflus, and really for the last two or three years, has been excellent. So I get... The Tennessee love, I get their offense is going to be electric, but their defense was terrible last year, and it's not in, it's not going to be any better. I think the Colts are better all around. If Carson Wentz can just stay healthy, and again, it's a concern, if he can just stay healthy, they are much, much better and have a higher ceiling than Tennessee does, so I'd pick them in the division. I, I just don't think Carson—if Carson Wentz stays healthy, I can definitely see the Colts taking it pretty easily, but I don't think he does. I just can't— It's a concern for sure. I can't put my money on that. I like both these teams. Like, both these teams for me are in the playoffs. Like, I also—if whoever wins the division, I think the other is, is going to be a wild-card spot. I think these two are going to go be, be competing back and forth. So it's going to be interesting to see which team comes out with it. And all then right. the West, well, do we all have bother? Kansas City? Yeah, why bother talking yeah. about the West? Yeah. Do we need to have a conversation on this? Well, should I make my Kansas City pick after I nailed it last year almost? Sure, go for it. Just the you were so wrong. No, I wasn't. No, I said 15-1, and one, and Mahomes been... didn't play the last week, and they lost. They so would have won that last game if Mahomes played. All I hear is he said 15-1, and one, they finished 14-2. and two, So What's your pick? I'm What's thinking 14-3 your... and three this year. All right. And they're going to uh, win the Super Bowl, by the way. I'll just put that out there right now. Interesting. All right. I'm so stunned by that bold prediction. <laughs> all right. Wow. Wild card teams. Let's do it. Yeah, oh, me it. first? Yeah. Um, I got, all right, my five seed, I have, I think, the team that's going to have the fourth best record in the league, the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert is going to be so good this year. I think he's going to be so close in the MVP race. Um, sixth seed, I have the Patriots. I still think they're going to be very good. I think Mac Jones is going to be interesting. Uh, and that defense is still elite. And seven, I think this might be my hottest take um, and my bold prediction. I think the Raiders are going to click and make it to the playoffs. Um, I think they're going to be bounced easily in the first round by the Bills. Uh, but I think the Raiders could make the playoffs if their defense can, you know, gel this year. Interesting. My dad will be happy to hear that. Yeah. Hi, Dad. And <laughs> Is he a Raiders fan? He is a Die-hard Raiders, Raiders fan. He's a Raiders fan. Nice. All right, I'll go. For me, I'll go by seeds. Kansas City, one. Buffalo, two. I'll go Cleveland, three. Tennessee, four. Wild cards, no, not in any order in particular. I'll go Indy. I think I'll go New England. And I'm going to go with the Raiders as my last spot. Heck yeah. Join the club. That one was for you, Mr. Schwartz. <laughs> yeah, um, hate to break it to you guys. I'm not a Raiders believer, so sorry, That's Mr. Fair. Schwartz. Um. Anyways, my wild card predictions. I'm going to say, in, not, in no particular order, Indianapolis Colts, they're a really well-balanced team. I, I still think they're going to make it back to the playoffs. It just depend, I just want to see how Carson Wentz does, even though I like him better in Indy. With Frank Reich, the real offensive genius, not Doug Peterson or anyone who was on Philly. That could make a um, huge impact, having Frank Reich back. I, I, think Frank, yes, I think Frank Reich was the main reason why Carson Wentz was that good. And he was going to win the MVP. Let's not forget. He was going to win still, the MVP. He should have won the MVP. Yeah, Let's I, be honest. Here. I agree. Indianapolis, L.A. Chargers, I'm a huge Justin Herbert guy. I love the Chargers, and I think he's going to do even better this year. And 
Um, I'm not going to say the Patriots, even though I initially picked them. I'm going to still stick with the Baltimore Ravens, even though they are hurt. I still think they're a solid team. They got they still got a great defense. Um, obviously, now with you know the run game being hurt, I still think Murray's going to be decent, even though Lamar's going to have to do more. I do like Mark Andrews a lot, and when he does come back, I think Rashad Bateman's going to make a really big impact on this Ravens team. Oh, definitely. The Ravens have a chance. Lamar, For- Lamar Jackson is going to have to be a superhero this year to get them to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah he's going to have to be. I'm going to pick Baltimore, though. I believe in him. And then for my other two wild cards, Tennessee, and I think Miami's going to sneak in. They were good last year. They were defensively, but again, Tua, is he going to stay healthy? No. And is he going to be good enough? Noah's the believer the in Tua. I am a Tua believer, obviously. And we look, Brian it. Flores is really fan. good. I mean, he led that defense to be excellent last year. <laughs> so I believe in Miami. I, I do. I, I think I, they're going to Flor- make it. Flores is a really, really good coach. Um, I just I don't think Tua is going to stay together. And that offense was bad last year and much better now with Will Fuller and, yes. and Jalen Wall. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's make our Super Bowl picks quickly, and then we'll do our MVP pick, and then we'll— Take another break and, and talk about sports. I got Rams over Bills. Jack? Interesting. I'll go uh, AFC Championship rematch between Kansas City and Buffalo. And I got to give it to Kansas City again. So Kansas City in the AFC. And I'll go with the Rams in the NFC. So it would be the Super Bowl we wanted in 2018. Yeah. Well, well, not for you. Not but. for me. But. <laughs> yeah, I would have I taken, taken that too. Yeah, so... I'll go Chiefs-Rams. And the Chiefs winning, or who you got? No, I'll go with the Rams. My my hometown boy, Jordan Fuller, he's going to win that Super Bowl. All right. Oh. Defensive captain this year. Let's not. In, indeed he is. No. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I'm going to also go with the Rams and Chiefs as well. I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself with the Bills. Plus, knowing my luck with getting ahead of my sports teams I like, it's gone bad, so I'm just going to pump the brakes. Uh, Chiefs, Rams. I think the Rams win. Uh, Stafford, Super Bowl MVP, and yeah, I'm, I th- I think this is the year for the Rams to do it. I think this is Stafford's chance to finally get the ring that he deserves. We're gonna get a Super Bowl rematch. We're gonna get Tampa Bay and Kansas City, and Kansas City's gonna win. Mahomes wins number two. Nice, simple right. as that. MVP picks are we doing all the awards? Just MVP? Just MVP? All right. Mahomes. As easy as that. Mahomes. Of course it is. All right. Uh, for me. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Josh Allen. I'll take Dean's boy. Yes, I'm. You. I'm agreeing with you there. I got. I got Josh Allen. I think Mahomes is gonna be great, but statistically average. Um, His offensive line is so average, much better now. Statistically average for him, I should say. I'm actually also gonna go with Mahomes, though. Um, I know I'm a Bills fan. Um, it's it's weird for me to say that someone's gonna be an MVP from the Bills, but um, I think that Mahomes is the safe bet. And when you see Mahomes, even though Allen's a great quarterback, and I love Josh Allen, and I love my Bills. You, what, for Mahomes, it's what you see is what you get, and Mahomes is the best thing right now in the NFL. I also just want to say, I think we can all agree, comeback player of the year is Dak Prescott. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And, 100%. And, and rookie of the year is obviously Zach Wilson. Let's go, I baby. Actually, that is actually who I have if picked. You don't have Zach, if Dak Prescott does not win comeback player of the year, something's wrong. The Alex Smith comeback player of the year award. Yeah. All right, so let's take a quick yeah. break, and then we'll hit some baseball discussion, and then we'll talk about tonight's Subway Series, game number app. two. Take VIC Radio with you on your iOS device. That's right. The best of what's next is available wherever you go. Current song information, in-app access to social media, sleep timer, and alarm clock settings. It's all there. Download the VIC Radio app from the App Store today. 
As the midterms roll by and the tests and quizzes pile up by the day, if you feel like you're a little in over your head, consider finding yourself a free tutor at the ithaca.edu slash tutoring page online, getting yourself matched up with someone in whatever classes you need, and working out times that fit around your schedule so that you can focus on your schoolwork. Welcome back. Agree to disagree. A lot of NFL talk today as week one is set to kick off tomorrow, but we've got other news as well. So let's quickly talk about the Big Ten, uh, Big 12, I should say, Big 12. Yeah. They're going to add four schools into their conference with the loss of Oklahoma and Texas. They're going to add in Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, and UCF, three schools from the American Conference, another school uh, more out west in Utah. So this is good news for the Big 12 after it was rough news knowing that they were going to lose Oklahoma and Texas. This should be for all sports as far as we know at this point. So big news in the college world yesterday. Dean, you're the big college basketball, college football fan. What were your thoughts on this? Um, well, first of all, it's, I, I love what the Big 12 is doing. Uh, BYU is going to be great for football. Houston's a decent football program, but they're, they're great in terms of basketball. And, no, we've watched basketball. We see what Houston can do in, ba- in terms of basketball. Kelvin Sampson is phenomenal. I, I agree. Um, Cincinnati, they're, really, they're the best group of five team right now in college football. It's not even close. And UCF's got a great program, especially now with Gus Malzahn as their head coach. I think UCF's going to take off. Um, this is great for the Big 12. Obviously, it's going to be hard to make up for losing the two big marquee brands in Texas and OU because let's be real here. When you think of the Big 12, you think of Texas and OU. They're the, biggest, they're the two biggest, one of the biggest brands in college football, and there's no debating that. But I like what the Big 12 is doing here. They're going to try and recruit apparently other teams, maybe a Boise State and uh, maybe a Memphis. You know, I, I, I would love for Boise State to finally be in the Power Five. I think Boise State actually does deserve a spot in the Power Five. So I like what the Big 12 is doing here. And I, I, I think this is going to make the Big 12 better. And I think it's going to be, there's going to be more parity in the Big 12. Yeah, 100%. I was, I was, I was going to say that exact thing. I think this makes it a lot more even. Uh, I, I mean – Having Oklahoma and Texas there was big for them in both sports, in both of the, you know, football and basketball. Uh, but now you're going to have every team is more or less pretty even. They're all about the same in terms of quality, in terms of, uh, you know, budget, in terms of facilities. So I think that'll be interesting. And I also love it because, um, you know, we're, it, it's it's pretty likely that I think the college football playoff is going to expand. Um, but now you are giving the option to these teams that have historically just not even had a chance of making the the national championship. Now you're giving them a, a shot at actually being in the being in the playoffs. UCF would have won the championship a couple of years ago if they were given the chance. They got robbed of it. Uh but yeah. I, I don't know how good of a news this is. I, I think the loss of Oklahoma especially is too tough for the Big 12 to overcome. Because even as good as Cincinnati has been, and even as good as UCF at times has been, there's just no school in the entire conference that can match up truly week to week with the Bamas and the Clemsons and the Ohio States. They're just a step behind. And Oklahoma was the only school they had who even on their best day could handle those top schools. And now most of them are going to be in the SEC. So when you think of it from that perspective, I just think it really knocks down their championship chances. And I'm not sure how they ever recover from this, considering Oklahoma, as you said, Dean, is their biggest brand. It is their best school. Texas was their second biggest brand, their second biggest school. What do you do that can make up any of the lost ground between you and the SEC and and the Big Ten, the other elite conferences? I just don't know what they can actually accomplish in terms of actually winning championships at this point. 
At this point, yes, but I do think there's going to be more parity in the league itself. Sure, but that doesn't mean that they can match up with the other conferences, which they have to do come the end of the season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think it's a good move for the Big 12. It's just so interesting how all this is happening. Like, like a couple of months ago, like no one was even talking about anybody like moving divisions or anything like that. And then all these rumors start. They want these teams are trying to form like super conferences, and not just college sports and all these sports. Like even in soccer, they're trying to super form league. super leagues. So it's just crazy. It used to be super teams. Now it's about super leagues. Well, another thing is also you know you, you mentioned. Uh, Alliances, you know the uh, the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12, and this is all to match the SEC and what they're doing. So, I mean, credit to Texas and OU to practically they're going to change the landscape of college sports and realignments. But you know, you say no that these teams are not going to match up like OU or Texas, and I agree. But uh, you're forgetting one team right now, and that's Cincinnati. Cincinnati may have lost that game last year. But they show that they could hang with teams like Georgia. And Georgia's a really talented team. Obviously, they're not a Bama. Don't get me wrong. They're not a Clemson, Ohio State. But outside those three teams, it's either OU or it's Georgia. And, you know, yeah, Cincinnati, Cincinnati can hang with them. UCF, I mean, listen, they're going to get better. I'm not saying they're going to. Uh, I believe in Gus Malzahn strongly. I think Auburn made a huge mistake by letting him go. But um, it's, it's going to be hard to make up for the loss. But I do think adding teams like Cincy and UCF and – uh, the Zach Wilson effect BYU is going to help them, but you know what, you Dean? Know. Though I think the biggest thing that the Big Twelve right now has to rely on, especially in football, is that Matt Campbell sticks around at Iowa State because that right now was really the only program that they have currently outside of the Texas and Oklahoma's that can hang with the big boys, and they have to con- hope that that program continues to build to actually get to that level. Well, another thing is all you mentioned, Matt Campbell, Matt, and, and you know the Jets. Correct me if I'm wrong. They were good. They wanted Matt him. Cam- Matt Campbell's going to get. I've said this before a while ago. I'm going to say it again. Matt Campbell's going to get a job soon. It's only a matter of time when. Well, and they have where. to hope he doesn't. Um, but there's also teams like Oklahoma State that do well, but they haven't been good for yeah. quite some time. So I think the Big 12 needs yeah. someone to come back. I think it'll be interesting, uh, but we're not even going to see for four more years. No, we're not going to see. So let's discuss some baseball as well. A lot of playoff races that are right in contention oh, now. Yeah. Two, three weeks left in the season. The AO wild card's crazy. We got four teams within a game of that second yep. wild card spot. And last night, last night would have been a chance for you know a lot of teams, especially the AL East teams, to make a big jump. Uh, all four of the teams in the AL East who are in position to be in a playoff spot lost. Right, and then you have the NL West, which is crazy because you got the Giants and the Dodgers, these two superstar laden teams trying to compete for one spot. The other is going to take the wild card. You've got. The second wild card in the National League, where you've got San Diego and Cincinnati and, and the Cardinals and the Phillies and the Mets are even slightly in there at this point. So, a lot of races coming down to the wire. Let's get your predictions just quickly, guys. Who takes the two wild card spots from the American League? Aiden, you're right in this with the, with your Red Sox. So of course, who you got. I of course have the Red Sox taking taking the top one. Uh, realistically, I could I I I would assume it's going to be the Yankees or the Blue Jays. Um, but the Yankees have lost seven straight. They have not looked very good so far this month. After that 13-game losing streak, they're, what, like 2-10 and 10 now? Um, so that's not very good. So I am going to go bold, and I'm going to say the Mariners finally snapped their streak. That would be incredible. Yeah, I 
I agree with you. Um, I agree with you about the Yankees. Noah, Noah and I have both said this. The Yankees are basically a 500-win team that had a 13-game win streak. That's all they yeah, are. Yeah, you are, you are entirely correct. Yeah. And they, I'm not they, trying said to, they had a good August. And I'm not tra- yeah, exactly. I'm not, like, trying to brag. Like, I think the Mets are the same thing. The Mets, they were lucky. Thing. The Mets, they were lucky. Thing. The Mets, they were lucky. They had a lot of injuries. The, the Their division was playing really really bad early on in the year so they were able to reward that they didn't do enough at the trade deadline to help them to help themselves and now they're falling so it's kind of the the Yankees are essentially the, yeah, the Mets they're, in, sim- game they're in similar yeah exactly that's my point anyway for the wild card in the American League I will agree with I'll agree that the Red Sox will definitely be there and I'm gonna go with the Blue Jays I really do like the Blue Jays a lot I like their roster Vlad Guerrero is absolutely incredible. You have George Springer, who's starting to—he's getting healthy, so he's starting to finally play better. You have a uh, Bizio, Bichette. They're all so good. So I, I like the Blue Jays a lot. They're one of the best up-and-coming teams. I'm with Jack. Red Sox, Blue Jays. Those are the two wild card teams that you're going to get. Yeah. Um, I am rooting so hard for the Blue, uh, the Red Sox and Yankees to both miss the playoffs. So sorry, Aiden, but um, I'm going to go with Aiden on this one. I'm going to go with the yeah. Red Sox and the Mariners. I am. I mean. Listen, the Blue Jays, as great as they are, I want. I, I also kind of want to like spice it up like you, but I, I really, I'm pulling so hard for the Mariners to make the playoffs. It's been what 20, 21 20 years. years. It would be the first time and in our lifetimes that we've seen it. This is irrelevant because this is football. As a Bills fan who's seen a playoff drought, I know what they're going through and I know their pain. And I'm really, I, it's it's teams like the Mariners. I really feel bad for that. I'm pulling for. So I really want to see Seattle make it, and I do think they finally pull through. Do the Giants hold on in the, in the NFC or uh, NL West? Do they, do they hold off the Dodgers? I think they do. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say they do. They're up two and a half right now, so they've had it's their biggest lead they've had in a little yeah, while. Yeah. I, I think they're going to hold on to it too. Yeah. As good as the Dodgers may be, Giants just keep winning. Yes. They I just, just keep winning. I just want to say this for the NL wild card. I got to be honest, guys. I don't. I don't know if the Dodgers are going to make it. They only have a 14 game 14 game lead. <laughs> Unbelievable. In the wild card, I, I I don't think it's enough. Like there's there's just so much time left. They got no, <laughs> they don't have a chance to keep it. No, All right, let's, and let's talk, too, about the Subway Series because we, we kind of alluded to it before. Last night was a disaster for the Yankees, one of the worst tags you'll ever see by Gary Sanchez letting Jonathan VR score early in that game, and the Mets ended up winning at 10-3. Today is also the 20-year anniversary of 9-11, so a really hard day for the country, for a lot of people across the world today. It's just a really rough day. Tonight, the Mets and Yankees are going to try to make people feel a little bit better. They're going to wear the FDNY and the NYPD hats. They're going to wear special jerseys. The game's going to be nationally broadcasted on Fox. So what are your thoughts, guys, especially the two New Yorkers sitting alongside me here? What are your thoughts as we head into one of the biggest games of the Major League season between the two New York teams tonight? Uh, I like this a lot. I really like that they're doing this. They're putting a spotlight on it. I'm finally happy that the MLB is allowing them to wear the NYPD or the FDNY hats. A couple of years ago, Pete Alonso was was pleading with the MLB to let them do it, and they were like, "It's not part of the uniform," which I think was ridiculous. They wouldn't let them do it, and he went out and he got them custom cleats and all that stuff. So that was cool. Now they finally they're finally like showcasing how, how what this means to New York and the country, and they're really gonna they're gonna shine a light on it. So I think it's really cool by the MLB. Yeah. Um, first thing I, I want to say, you know. And you, two Met fans sitting aside me, you guys obviously remember the 9-11 game. Mike Piazza, iconic moment. Maybe My birthday the, this year, I actually got a, a really cool Mike Piazza autographed that's, poster that's really from cool. that game. And, and I would love for the Mets to have, like, another 9-11 signature moment, like a walk-off or something. That would be that would actually be really cool. Um, but this is a big series because these are obviously two teams that are in a tightrope right now in terms of the wild card race. Um, I do love that both teams are in the FDNY and NYPD hat. 
Um, and it's, it's going to be other sports, too, that they're going to be doing that. So um, I'm really excited for Yankees-Mets tonight. And it's going to be a real it's – a, it's a high-stakes game right there. I agree. I, 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 I'm excited to watch – or I don't know if I'll be able to watch it, but I'm excited to see the outcome of it. And I, I, think that, I think that the two teams should play each other every year on 9-11. I think every year that should be a thing. Yeah, that should definitely be a tradition. All right, let's do for our last five minutes, we're going to do winners and losers of the week like we do every single week. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Dean. Uh, you haven't been here in a while. Pick a winner or a loser and discuss uh, who you got for this week. Let me, let, me, let me pick my winner. I actually got two winners. First of all, my winner is all of us because, well, we're back together. We're in the studio. First time in a long time, and it feels sweet, better than ever. Uh, so first winner is us. Uh, my second winner is just football. Not only college football coming back, but also the NFL coming back. Um, you guys mentioned, you know, that obviously FDNY and the NYPD for the baseball game tonight. College football teams will also be doing that with the helmets and even the jerseys. So I'm really excited to see that. Um, and yeah, my loser, uh, oh man, I don't know if I really have a loser. I mean, may, I want to say my losers maybe, I mean, Hey, people People that are maybe not tuned in right now because this is a great episode and this is the first time back, but, you know, I, I only got winners this time. No losers. No losers. Jack? Uh, yeah, uh, my – I'll say my winner tonight is – my winner tonight's the MLB. We always complain. We always say the MLB, they do everything the way they operate. They do things that are wrong tonight. They're actually doing something right tonight. We're putting on the – they're putting on the Subway Series game, national TV, 9-11, big, big moment. They're finally doing something right, so I really like that. It's surprising the, the MLB's doing that. And honestly, if I had to pick a loser right now in terms of, of, excuse me, in terms of a sports fan, it probably would have to be, honestly, it has to be me. The Mets right now, they've been massively disappointing. We thought they were going to be a playoff team, and they're not going to get in most likely. And now the Jets are starting. And I love the Jets, but they do make me cry, so... Not not looking forward to that part of the, the NFL season. For me, my winner is Novak Djokovic. If you guys yes. saw last night, no, I was going to yes. take that. That's what uh, I was sorry, say. Aiden. Yeah. He is now one match away. He won last night in five sets. If he wins his next match, he beats Zverev last night. If he beats Medvedev, he has his calendar Grand Slam, which means he won all four First majors, nineteen sixty nine, sixty nine, and it would be his record breaking twenty first major singles title. It's also crazy unbelievable. To me. It's crazy to me That's that um, you know. We don't put him in the conversation for best tennis player of all time. You know, he is, I think, if he wins tomorrow. Oh, he he, he is. But, you know, it's always been Nadal versus Federer for the past decade. You know, now Djokovic finally is getting his time to put his name in the in the list. But all three guys, though, are just so uh, all three. Uh, nothing, nothing against any of them. But you got to appreciate the greatness that stands for us on the tennis court with Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, and you know you got more young talent. So, but props to Djokovic. I really want to see him get that Grand Slam. So it'd be really cool. So Joker is the number one player in the world right now. Obviously, that's that's his ranking. He faces the number two tomorrow. If he wins on Arthur Ashe and Arthur Ashe Stadium, like I said, twenty first major singles title, and he gets the calendar Grand Slam. So what an accomplishment that would be if he were to, able to do that tomorrow. Yeah, one, absolutely yeah. one of the greatest of all time. Aiden, go ahead. Um, so, well, my winner was going to be Djokovic. Um, my loser, I mean, I was going to do something else, but I did just see while we were talking. Um, Tottenham lost 3 nothing to Crystal Palace. I know not everybody here follows uh, soccer, but if you do, that's, a, that's, not, that's not very good for Tottenham, who's currently at the top of the— uh, Premier League, I know it's early in the season, but, you know, 
you never like to take a loss. It was a three nil loss to to a bad team. They they had ten men to Tottenham. They had a red card. They yeah, I saw. First I saw loss they, of uh, uh, Nuno's their yep. new manager. Uh, but I guess my other loser, the one that I wrote down, Cam Newton. Um, not only did oh, yeah. he get cut by the Patriots, but then he went uh, and decided to the best possible thing to help him get signed by a new team was to say the reason I got cut was because I was going to be too much of a distraction in the locker room. That he's is not wrong, though. He, he's, he's not, not wrong. wrong. But that's not what you want to say when you're trying to advertise to teams that you're available, you're a good backup. He said, my aura was too big for Mac Jones to stay focused. So I, that's, that's an absolute L by Cam Newton. He also said there's not 32 quarterbacks better than him, which he actually might be which right about, but tr- correct we'll about see it. if I'm he gets actually, signed. I'm very happy that you brought up the EPL because Cristiano Ronaldo starts today for the first time. Ronaldo, that is his return back to Old Trafford, to Manchester United. A winner, a winner for everybody, or for, for Man U and a loser for everybody else. Cam Newton, all he is is talk. The guy can't throw the ball anymore. He can't play quarterback. He can't throw down the field. I'm sorry. It's, it's fact. All right, well, that's going to do it here for us for our first episode of Agree to Disagree for the semester. Like I said in the beginning, make sure you guys follow us on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Twitter. We have a Facebook account as well where we post on occasion. So make sure you follow us on social. Make sure you listen to us every single weekend here on VIC. Again, for Noah Schwartz, Aiden Char, Dean Gutick, and Jack Asello, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next week with much more content coming up. Heck yeah. Enjoy the sports. Enjoy the first weekend of the NFL, and we'll see Go. you guys all next week. Go Saints, Peace. and remember, the Yankees suck. See ya. We have an app. Take VIC Radio with you on your iOS device. That's right. The best of what's next is available wherever you go. Current song information, in-app access to social media, sleep timer, and alarm clock settings. It's all there. Download the VIC Radio app from the App Store today. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black lives matter. you found matter. $20 on a walk, you would think that's a lot of money. If you had to read 20 books for your class, you would think that's a lot of reading. If you had to stay awake for 20 hours straight, you would think it's a lot. But on the weekend of April 16th, four VIC radio DJs are going to show that staying awake for 20 hours is easy by staying up for 50. This year's 50-hour marathon benefits the Ithaca Children's Garden. More information at 50hours.org. <clears throat> VIC Radio. Hello. Hey, what's up? How are you? Good, good, you know. It's so typical of me to talk about No, like, no, tell me what you want to hear. That's why, you know, that's what radio DJs do take requests and you know are you, you're still talking okay sounds good we take requests call in at 607-274-1059 or tweet us at vic radio at vic the voice of Ithaca college we prioritize diversity and inclusion we are working to ensure that more voices are heard We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. 
We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. La la la. I love to ride my bike so I can feel the wind through my hair. Hey, kid! Wear a helmet! No way, Grandpa, because then I'd look like an idiot. The majority of bicycle deaths are due to head injuries. Helmets reduce the odds of a head injury by 50%. Don't be a dummy. Wear a helmet. <laughs> 